Hello, friends, and welcome back to our six-week Skillful Living program. Of course, my name is Venerable Tarpa. Before we begin, let's take a moment to appreciate our kind and handsome community gathered here today. Today, I feel fortunate to be sit as a member of this kind community in the safety and security of like-minded friends, sharing this present moment with others dedicated to the cultivation of goodness. Today, I'm grateful for the direction and support that this community provides, a community worthy of my time and commitment, a community where my efforts have meaning, purpose, and are appreciated. Today, I'm thankful for this community of awakening, a place to gain the knowledge and skills to improve my life, a family, a home, and a sanctuary for all of us seeking refuge from the storm. And let's remember, as conscientious practitioners, we must recognize our responsibility to the world, to strive to live skillfully while helping others to do the same, to strive to live in balance and harmony with nature and others, to strive to gain mastery over our minds and embody our true benevolent nature, to expand our hearts and minds, transcending our shared human limitations, to not intentionally harm sentient life or our planet, and to maturely accept and embrace the reality of our situation while striving to improve it. Again, welcome back to our program. This is the second class of the first week of our program. Yesterday, we learned about the week's topic of goodness. And in today's class, we're going to discuss how to cultivate goodness. So this is what I love about this program. We dig into the material, we give you some things to think about, but I do have to admit my favorite part are the practice classes. So today we're gonna we're gonna dig into this topic of goodness and we're gonna actually put our feet in the water and get going and learn how to cultivate some goodness. Um, so I hope everybody was able to look over and get familiar with this week's topic from our class text, Skillful Living. If you haven't, uh, you can download a free copy of it from our website at spptonline.org. You'll find that in our download library. So um, I want to do, so in this program, um, the program itself is incremental, meaning that we slowly build upon the previous classes. And we like to think about it as uh, we're giving you skills and tools and we're filling up your toolbox, right, of different techniques. So that's the idea of the program. And by doing this, you remain boss, you remain in charge, you're the master. We're teaching you these techniques, these, these tools, these methods. We're filling up your toolbox. You're the one that decides which ones appeal to you, which ones seem fruitful, and which ones to use. And so um, this, is a, this is a wonderful way, I think, to to teach. The, the idea is that each one of us have our own unique mind, and no one knows your mind better than yourself. So um, in Buddhism, there's the old saying that we, we all have to enlighten ourselves. We have to awaken ourselves. Uh, all teachers can do is teach the nature of reality. Each one of us has to figure out how we awaken. And so uh, so that responsibility we we 
put upon you. We're here to help you and to support you in that. Um, so today we're going to be talking about cultivating goodness and positive attitudes, right? Um, I think, uh, especially in the spiritual world, many people believe that spiritual development uh, must be earned through sacrifice, hardship, and suffering. Uh, you know, all the stories from all the from all the religious scriptures around the world have all these stories of uh, of sacrifice and suffering, and um, but. Buddhism is a little different in this regard. The, uh, the Buddha taught what's called a middle way. And it's a middle way, a path that lies between suffering, the path of suffering, and the path of overindulgence. And um, the Buddha likened this to, there's the story that the Buddha had the, got the idea when, when seeing a musician tuning a stringed instrument. And he noticed that if the string wasn't tight enough, it wouldn't sound, wouldn't produce a sound. But if it was too tight, the string would break. There was this perfect middle for the string to perform well. And he likened this to practitioners. It's the same thing. Either extreme is unuseful in our spiritual practice. So the Buddha calls us his middle way. And, uh, and traditionally, the Buddha thought it was the middle way between the two religions of the time of the Buddha. In the Buddha's day, they had Brahmanism, which is the forefather of modern Hinduism. And on the other side, they had Jainism, which is still existent today. The Jains were very uh, practice austere, uh, deep practices of uh, fasting and, and, uh, and suffering and hardship, uh, where the Brahmins had a householder life and they lived more in comfort. And he found both of these to be problematic towards the spiritual goal. So the Buddha creates this middle way, the middle way between extremes. And the Buddha asserted that this middle way was the best foundation for practice, a path of moderation, of balance, and contentment. Um, so all the things we work on, we try to stay in this middle way. Not all things are middle way, you know, some things like the topic we're talking about this week goodness we don't need a good we don't need a middle way in goodness right kindness doesn't need a middle way caring for others love for others doesn't need a middle way right but most of the things in our lives we we need that and the middle way also points out again the spectrum that things exist within our world yeah okay um Goodness, one of the great things about goodness is, is its ability to be used as an antidote. So our goal is to create virtue, goodness in our lives, to use it as a direction, to work towards that, that direction, that path. But at the same time, we can also use it as a method, as an antidote. And, and here's the way it works. In, so Buddhism believes that a lot of our afflictions, limitations, and things uh, exist uh, habitually. 
meaning that we're in the habits of acting certain ways, right? And these habits are formed by the way you watch other people growing up, how you watch your friends behave, how you watch other people behave, social conditioning, all of these things lead us to behave in certain ways. And a great deal of our afflictions be, are a problem that we might have had and that we weren't able to let go of. And it actually becomes like um, cynicism, can become a habit of the way you look at the world. And it, can, and it can be something you just can't get out of. Whatever the reason you fall into it is irrelevant, but the idea is you can't get out of it. And so here, um, uh, one of the ways we, we, we can remedy that is by using goodness as an antidote. And the way it works is that the mind, though, uh, the, though our senses are able to uh, perceive the world in tandem, we, we, can, we can smell and taste food, we can hear and see a movie, you could smell the popcorn in the movie theater, the mind doesn't have this ability. The mind only has the ability to entertain one concept or thought at a time. And uh, because of this, Buddhism uses this to its advantage in many of our methods. And so the fact is, is that by focusing on goodness, on virtue, on skillful behavior, while we're focusing on that, the mind can't think or operate in the opposites, right? So, and uh, especially when it comes to compassion, while we're, while we're interested in, in helping others, in that moment, you can't think about your own misery. It's a really neat trick and it really works well. Buddhism uses it throughout its practices but you'll see that it, it works absolutely wonderful. And so by focusing our energy on goodness, on virtue, on skillful behavior, we're robbing our afflictions of their en energies. I remember there was this great uh, American Indian, a uh, Native American, I'm sure, sorry, the proper term, the Native American story about each one of us has two wolves that lives inside us that are in battle, one of darkness and one in light. We could say one of affliction and one of, of, uh, of joy. And the two are in battle. And, the, and so the, a young brave asks the chief uh, about this. And he says, in the end, which, which wolf wins the battle? And the chief says, the one you feed. The, the wolf you feed is the one that wins the battle. So in a sense, it's the same thing here. When we feed our goodness, when we put our energy into developing those qualities, um, we're at the same time, we're robbing our, our afflictions of their energy, or better yet, we're getting out of the habit of being afflicted, right? Say you, you have a habit of, of anger. A lot of people, anger is a habit, a, a habit of reaction. And so when you can change that, when you can start focusing on, on reacting differently, this is how you break the habits. 
And so this is how we use goodness as an antidote. This is something that Buddhism believes in strongly, that um, the Dalai Lama is often talking about this, uh, where sometimes we feel like we should put all our energy into finding remedies for afflictions, but the greatest remedy is just not to pay attention to them too much and to, to dig into our virtue and our goodness. Now, with that said, we also don't want to go too far and to ignore or be in denial of our afflictions. So the point is, is that we can do both. We can take time to analyze our afflictions, our challenging emotions or mental states or behaviors. We can, we can look at those and try to work with those. At the same time, we can put our energy into goodness. So again, it's not, it's not binary or dualistic. It's not one or the other. We're able to do both at the same time. And oh, and I'm supposed to show you a meme. Here you go, everybody. It's entertainment time. This is a lovely, lovely piece that I've always enjoyed by Stephen Parton. And it's from his book, uh, The Science of Happiness. Intentionally focusing on positive mental qualities, emotions, intentions, and thought can actually wire our minds to be more positive and to mimic or possess healthier positive states of mind. Whereas complaining and focusing on negative feelings, intentions, etc., wires our mind to be more negative, angry, depressed, pessimistic, and physically and mentally more unhealthy. So this is what I'm talking about, because we, we could say this is a habit, right? We get into the habit of focusing on negative things, like uh, our English folks know about whinging, right? The, Brit, the Brits love to whinge about the weather and everything else, and it just becomes a habit, right? That's how when you address people, you, everybody complains about the weather. And so uh, this is what we can... Uh, so concentrating on these other qualities is one way to work with those. Okay. Um, so how do we cultivate goodness? And we do it, we do it through training. So in Buddhism, we have, we have three aspects of approaching Buddhism. We have study, we have, uh, we have practice, and we have training. Study, as you can imagine, is reading books, watching TV, watching uh, YouTube videos, coming to a class like this. But study also includes, that's only half, study also includes the experiential. Studying is learning from life itself, from actual experience, from travel, from seeing things, from experiencing things introspection, studying yourself, how you react, how you behave, learning to really analyze ourselves, becoming our own psychiatrist, right? becoming our own therapist. So study incorporates both conceptual and experiential. Then we have practice, and most of us think of practice as meditation, mindfulness, practices of contemplation. And that's a huge part of Buddhism as well. But we also have training. Now, most people come to Buddhism either through study or practice. Study, maybe they read, a, somebody gave them a good book. That's how I got started in Buddhism. Somebody way 30, 40 years ago, somebody gave me a Buddhist book and I fell in love with it. Or maybe they, somebody watches a YouTube video 
Um, that's one way people come in. The other way is, is practice. A lot of people will take a self-help course. They'll Maybe they'll learn meditation in their yoga class. They'll learn meditation in a secular way, in, um, in stress reduction classes, things like that. They find meditation really benefits them, and they get more interested in Buddhism. That's another way to come in. But either way, when you reach a point when you're ready to really take your Buddhist path seriously, meaning it's proven to you to some degree that it's really beneficial and you like where it's going and you like the effects, and then you think, I want more of this. When you're ready to commit, then we step into training. And training is usually thought of as receiving your first vow or taking a vow of precepts receiving your first precepts and this is called taking refuge in buddhism and it's uh, it's an aspect where um uh it's a formal commitment to actualize the buddhist path and a commitment to your own awakening and uh it, it's it's in a sense it's to officially become a buddhist is to take take refuge. And within refuge, depending on the tradition, you get a set of precepts. Here in SBT, we give 10 precepts, and you learned them yesterday. We, uh, we give the 10 virtuous actions as refuge precepts. And so the idea is you make a promise to yourself, your teacher, the three jewels. The three jewels means the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. The Buddha is the teacher, the Dharma is the teaching, and the Sangha is the community. But you make, this com you make this commitment to uphold those 10 precepts. And there's just, there's something different in training. And the fact is, is that when we're studying, when we're practicing, we tend to do that when we want to, when it's convenient, when we have time for it. But when you get serious about it, you want, might want to enter into training. And training is that commitment. And the commitment is that you'll, you'll uphold those precepts every day. And along with those usually comes a commitment to practice. For uh, SBT, there's some morning affirmations that you, you pledge to, to read every day. And, uh, and there's some practices that go along with this. And why do we do all of this? To awaken. We do these to cultivate goodness, virtue, right? All of the things we want, this is, this is how we, we facilitate it. Training uh, was hugely important to the Buddha, so important that out of all the Buddhist scriptures, this is, training is the first of all the texts. And it's training in, uh, in, we like to say, awakened conduct, right? But again, like we talked about goodness as an antidote and practicing it, so we rob our afflictions and our negativity of their power. That's what this does. And you don't, you don't have to formally take refuge to begin. You can begin on your own. SBT never asks anyone to take vows. It's always up to you. We offer it for those people that want a formal commitment, but anyone that wants a loose commitment just to themselves is more than welcome to participate in it. Um, and so um, 
uh, I think that's all I wanted to say about that. So, but but those first ten precepts are the, your first step into really cultivating goodness. And why? Because goodness needs a commitment. It can't be something that you do when it's convenient, when you're when you're in the mood for it. You know, you need to commit to it. So we do it all the time. Uh, we will be offering refuge at the end of the program. Oftentimes we offer it monthly during our retreats for anybody that's interested. The other thing, uh, the other aspect that really helps us to uh, cultivate goodness is our affirmations, which I briefly talked about. So along with refuge, you get a set of affirmations that you recite every morning. Um, some might call them prayers, but because we're Buddhist and we're non-theistic, with, without, without any beings to pray to, we like to call them affirmations. And, but what affirmations do is they, they have this power of, uh, of rewiring or purifying our minds, right? When you say these, and the, and the affirmations are really beautiful, and they're just, they're supposed to, uh, to emphasize the right intention. A lot of the things that we're talking about now are all, all embedded in our affirmations. And the idea is when you wake up and you recite those every morning, they slowly rewire your mind. And they rewire your mind towards virtue, towards goodness, towards skillful behavior. And so uh, we'd like to we'd like to see if you can uh, recite affirmations during this program, right? So uh, and this is voluntary. Everything in the program is voluntary, but uh, we'd like you to try them out and see if they benefit you. Um, you can download our uh, our SBT practice guide. Uh, it's on our website, and I'll post it on social media. Um, the file that you'll, the text that you'll download is novice level daily practice. And on the website, they have a short version of it, which just says the affirmations, a long one that explains the practices you'll be doing. And it has additional affirmations in there. There's also an audio file where you can hear me serenade you every morning by reading them to you in case you don't want to read in the morning but they're all there. So these are the two, these are the, the, uh, affirmations is the first practice we're gonna give you this week. Um, how about we take any, we take some questions. Does anybody have any questions thus far? Yes, Labdron. It's not a question. I was just going to reiterate what you said about you know, listening every morning. I listen every morning to you saying um, all the affirmations and then I read them and it's, it's lovely. I'll just have a coffee and then I'll just put you on and just listen. I think it's like 11 minutes for the yeah. refuge affirmations and vows. And it's, it's, I just find it. Yeah. Like you say, it's just really beneficial. Gets you in a good, a good state of mind for the day. It really centers the mind, doesn't it? Mm. Like for any, for any, I think my internet connection isn't so good today. I apologize if I'm going in and out. Um, if I miss uh, my daily affirmations for any reason, Boy, do I feel it in my mind. They are so centering. You wake up and the first thing you do is you do your affirm meditation affirmation and they remind you of all of the things that you're trying to accomplish. Your ideals, they're all there, your intentions. You set your intentions for the day. It's wonderful, right? So you guys can have, uh, you guys can download that and get to work on that. Any other questions so far?
Okay, good. Let's move on. So uh, the other thing we're going to do is we're going to teach you another practice. This is a really cool SPT practice, and we call it the four gifts. And um, I think I'll put it up here. I think I got it here somewhere. Where do we got it? Here we go. These are the four gifts. Uh, so the first is, now we call these gifts because these are, we practice these as acts of generosity for others. This is an outgoing practice that we do. And, uh, and what makes them special is that they're particularly uh, effect, infectious. You know, when we, when we have these qualities, uh, we create them in others as well. So let's go over them quickly. The first one is the gift of your stability your mental and emotional maturity, your wisdom, strength, and dependability. Number two is the gift of your calmness, your spaciousness, contentment, patience, clarity, gentleness, and ease. Number three, the gift of your care, your love, compassion, concern towards others, your warmth, kindness, and sense of communal responsibility. And number four, the cherry on top, the gift of your happiness, quite possibly the greatest gift you can give to the world. For when you're happy, you are at your best. You are more patient, accepting, loving, forgiving, understanding, and generous. Okay. And uh, briefly, I wanted to tell you a little bit about <laughs> where I came up with this practice. So I was in uh, I was in a monastery in South Tibet, many uh, South India. Uh, many of you might not know I spent uh, ten years in in uh, Tibetan monasteries in South India, and I had this uh, I had this really funny teacher. He was an old funny duddy Tibetan uh, Lama, and um, whenever he saw me, he and it didn't matter where it was. If, it, if I was walking on another side of the field and people were all around, he would yell it out at the top of his lungs and he'd say, Tenzin Tarpa, Kering Mitsei Kipotang, Kering Mitsei Kipotang. And what he was saying was, Tenzin Tarpa, enjoy your life. <laughs> right? All of the other monks would laugh and laugh. Tenzin Tarpa, enjoy your life. And he was pointing out that I was a bit too serious as a student. I wanted to be great and great in my studies. And um, it was one of the greatest lessons I ever learned. And uh, it's been a mantra of mine for a long time. Um, but another thing that he taught me was that, is what we talked about here, that happiness is quite possibly the greatest gift you can give towards others because you're at your best when you're happy. And the idea is, you know, he'd say, make up your mind in the morning to be happy for the benefit of others. And he's not necessarily encouraging me to fake it, but there's some middle ground, right? We can aspire to a quality where it's still authentic or we're, we're aspiring to it being authentic. But, but uh, I thought it was brilliant. And as I put it into practice, I noticed a real difference in the environment around me. It was quite remarkable. Let alone did the world seem more positive to me. People reacted to me much differently. I felt a lot more warmth and kindness from others. Of course, we all know that 
that a happy person walks into the room and everybody wants to chat with them. And, you know, it's, it's a tool for interacting with others. And so um, I, uh, I started to, I wanted to teach this practice towards others. And then, so I started this, I started this up. It was just the one gift <laughs> at the beginning. It was just the one gift. And then I thought, you know, there's some other qualities that also seem to have that same, that same feel. And one of them was stability. You know, probably the quality that we we want the most but don't know it. We want every apple to taste as sweet, every movie to be as funny, every friend to be as loyal, right? Every experience to be as wonderful. But I think a lot of us, we equate, uh, we don't realize that so much we, uh, stability we equate with happiness. And so, uh, and when we're stable, it stabilizes others. And, st and stability has a real magnetizing quality to it. Uh, people like it. People like stable people. <clears throat> so then I added that to it. Anyways, I had a whole bunch of different ones. I think I was up to the six gifts for a while and this and that. And then I finally settled on the four gifts. And I haven't changed it since. So I think we're in good shape with the four gifts. So um, if I can, I'm going to, I would like to go through them uh, and talk about them a little bit. And then I'm going to show you how to apply it. This is going to be the main practice this week. So I put that up on the screen. You can look at that while I talk about this. So let's start with, let's start with uh, a, a stability. So, <clears throat> so we talk about what stability is, but then you say, well, how do I generate stability? Well, the first step and the first step in all of these qualities is to understand the importance and benefit of the quality. And cultivating a, a, an aspiration to be more stable, right? To, to, to wake up in the morning and say, today I'm gonna be stable. Um, uh, and it's, it's our confidence, right? And, uh, and being mindful and staying present. Right. These are some of the ways that we cultivate stability. The text lists a lot more of them. I'm just going through it quickly. Um, and then these are all built on top of each other, like a big, fat, juicy chocolate cake. Because that's the image in my mind. So the first base level is stability. Upon that, we're going to put another layer on top, and it's going to be our gift of calmness, your spaciousness, contentment, right? And how do we become calmer? Simply by mentally slowing down and physically slowing down, focusing on the breath, being mindful, present, and content, right? Now, on top of that, we're going to add the gift of care, our love, our compassion, our concern for others, right? And how do we do that? It's by seeing others like ourselves, recognizing our shared humanity, right? realizing that everyone else, just like ourselves, wants to be happy every day and not to suffer. I mean, when we, when we break it down to that basic level, we all really want the same thing, don't we? In each moment, we want to be happy and not to suffer. So when you realize that, you realize how much we share. Um, you, can, you can develop care through discovering the joy in helping others. And 
the benefits in caring for others. When you care for others, others care for you, right? And then we have the cherry on top. The next layer is our gift of happiness, possibly the greatest of all gifts, right? And how do we cultivate happiness? We're actually going to learn this in our next week's lesson. But we do it by cultivating the affirmation to be happy. That's the first thing. We wake up in the morning and say, today I'm going to do my best to be happy. Of course, we can't always do it. Sometimes a meteorite falls out of the sky and hits us on the head and we're unhappy. Uh, but, uh, but we can work towards it, right? We can make it an aim. And one day you might fail, but maybe the next day you do better. But we can move closer towards that. Right? And um, so, uh, and, and the idea is to wake up and... and and decide that you're going to be more positive today, more cheerful, more energetic, more constructive. And um, we also can uh, uh, cultivate happiness through uh, cultivating appreciation for the precious, preciousness of life and all we have, accepting the world as it is and not as we wish it to be by realizing that emotions can be actively generated, cultivated, and sustained. We all think that we're just stuck with our emotions, but in Buddhism, we learn quite the opposite. We start to learn that they're quite malleable. You can really learn how to work with emotions, and you can sometimes even get to the point where you can refuse an emotion and just decide not to be sad or not to do this or that. So you can gain a lot of control over that. Okay, so any questions about that? What I want to do is put you guys through a little exercise. Yeah, everybody okay so far? Oh, you're the greatest students. You listen so well. Okay, so now we talked and talked and talked about it, but that's not practice. We're here to learn some practice. So I'd like to do a little exercise here to show you how to actually apply the four gifts. Again, this is our main practice this week. It's easy. It's fun. You're going to enjoy it. I love it. And wait till you see the difference in how people react to you. Okay, so let's begin by closing our eyes and taking a few deep breaths. This isn't a meditation, this is more of a visualization or so you could sit right where you are. And now let's turn our focus to the feeling of our own stability. Begin by generating the feeling of stability at your chest. And we do this by reflecting on our strength our maturity, our self-confidence, and by letting go of any self-doubt. Gently breathe into that feeling to intensify, expand, and stabilize it. Just brush off all that self-doubt. You are strong. You are confident. That's the feeling of stability. Now, it might be hard to feel today, but by the end of the week, you're going to be really good at feeling it. Now, while maintaining the feeling of that stability, don't let it go. 
Let's build upon it by adding our next layer of calmness. Now, this is an easier one, right? We all know calmness. Our spaciousness, patience, sense of ease. We do this by slowing down, focusing on the breath. Take a deep breath. Oh, remaining mindful. Now, gently breathe into that feeling to intensify, ex expand, and stabilize it. Now remember to keep that stability there too. Now upon our stability and calmness, let's add our next layer, our sense of care, our kindness, our love, our affection towards others. We do this by seeing others just like ourselves, by recognizing our shared humanity Gently breathe into the feeling to intensify, expand, and stabilize the feeling. Now upon our stability, calmness, and care, let's add our last sense of happiness, our contentment, positivity, and joy. We do this by smiling, and reflecting on the preciousness and wonder of life and all the opportunity it allows. Gently breathe into that feeling to intensify, expand and stabilize it. Now see if you could feel these four qualities as one encompassing feeling. If you need, you can oscillate between the four until they merge together as one. It's not easy to do the first try, but by the end of the week, you'll be able to. And now begin to radiate that feeling as if being a shining sun. Gently breathe into the feeling to intensify, expand, and stabilize it. This is how we build the four gifts, layer upon layer. This feeling is then maintained and offered to the world as a gift of generosity. You can offer it to the people you meet, the cashier at the supermarket, your coworkers and customers, your family and friends. With practice, the four gifts can be easily generated anytime you wish. Now slowly begin to open your eyes. Again, this will be the main practice this week. And I think you're going to agree that this practice has a powerful effect on you and those around you. 
Okay, now we, we do everything we can to help you to make your practice flourish. So besides that, we also have a morning affirmation. Of course we do. And I'm going to put this on social media. Uh, the reason they're in black with white letters like that, they read really well on a phone. And so you can download this to your phone. And any time of the day you want to stabilize your practice, you can just pick it up. It's a really pretty affirmation. I'll read it for you. May my stability nurture maturity, wisdom, and self-control in others. May my calmness soothe the wounds of those waged in life's daily battles. May my care bring hope and inclusion to those feeling vulnerable or marginalized. May my happiness inspire others to seek out their highest potential and greatest good. That's the practice of the four gifts. Oh, it's one of my main practices. And another thing that I don't have here, but uh, another cool thing, if any of you suffer from a little bit of social uh, discomfort, you're, you have problems, you're a little shy, you have problems talking with people, this does a great job of, of, as an antidote to that. Because usually the problem we have socially is we're too focused on ourselves, right? You're having a conversation and you're thinking, how am I doing? Do I look stupid? You know, it's these voices. But here, when you're focused on this act of generosity for others, it takes all that attention off of you. And again, we're taking advantage of that trick, aren't we? That by focusing on doing for them, we're not focusing on our own self-concerns, our, our own vulnerability. Okay, so along with the four gifts affirmation, we also have a four gifts mantra. And for some of you who might not know what a mantra is, mantras are syllables or words that we say to kind of inspire us or to focus the mind. They're often translated as a tool for the mind, right, for working with the mind. In this case, we're going to use the, the uh, a mantra with our breath. And this is particularly powerful to use during the day. And we simply say the four gifts themselves. The mantra is stable, calm, caring, and happy. So we say the first two on our inhale, and we say the second two on our exhale. Let's try this together, right? On your inhale, say stable at the top, say calm. On your exhale, say caring. At the bottom, say happy. Try it again. Stable, calm, caring, happy. One more time. Stable, calm, caring, happy. Just relaxes you right away, doesn't it? I find these very, very powerful. So this four gift mantra, you can do anytime you want to touch, touch your practice and uh, remind yourself of it. Does anyone have any questions about our practice? Beautiful, Tarpa. I've used the four gifts many times since learning it. Feel so grateful to you for writing the powerful affirmations. Well, thank you very much, Nima. I'm so glad you like it. I use it too. Any questions? A pretty straightforward practice, right? 
It sounds too good to be true. Let's get a cynic in here. What is all this goodness stuff? What's it going to do for me, right? <laughs> Would anybody like to share? Wangmo, how's your experience with the four gifts? Oh, you don't want to share? Wangmo? Oh, sorry about that. Am I having internet trouble? Ah, very good. Nawang, would you like to share your practice of the four gifts? Yeah, I use this uh, quite often, actually. It's uh, it. Uh, I find it really helps me calm down sometimes when I'm find myself irritated or anxious about something. I, I use it a lot. Yeah. You know, I think I would sum it all up with just one word, just beautiful. It's a beautiful practice. It delivers beautiful results. It creates a beautiful world. It's really nice. Okay, so let's move on. Good job, everybody. So I want to run a little late. I want to wrap things up. So throughout this program, we'll be asking you to keep up a basic foundation for your practice. And I think I'm supposed to show you that. Here we go. Now it's going to change a little bit, but the basic foundation is for the next six weeks, we would like you to every morning to do a little bit of meditation. You can meditate with us online or you can meditate on your own. And uh, we want you to uh, uh, recite your daily affirmations. We'll be posting uh, that to social media. And again, you'll be uh, on novice level. Uh, and then uh, as we, at the end of the program, we're gonna give you another one that's based on this program. And then throughout the day, we want you to contemplate and cultivate the 10 virtuous acts, which we learned yesterday, right? And this is easy. You just kind of keep them in the back of your mind and you watch your own behavior and see how much you naturally kind of, uh, how, how they coincide. And so it's a little bit of introspection and it's a little bit of evaluation. We want you to learn about those and, and see what you think of those 10 virtuous acts. They're, they're quite beautiful, I think. And then third, each, each week you're going to engage in the week's main practice. And so today it's going to be the four gifts, right? So you'll, you'll you get some meditation, your affirmations, contemplate the 10 virtuous acts throughout the day, and then the main practice of the four gifts. <clears throat> Is that all? <laughs> I give a lot of homework, I think. Uh, <clears throat> so this might sound like a lot to do, but uh, once you become proficient in the practice, you'll find that it flows really naturally and it's a really simple practice to do. And uh, so please make sure to join our WhatsApp group to receive uh, class content and updates uh, and to share your experiences, ask questions. Um, I can't wait to see everybody's comments for this week's, uh, this week's practice. Um, Next week, we're going to, which is going to be week two of our six week meditation, uh, skillful living program, we'll be exploring happiness 
it's a great class. Wait till you uh, wait till you get into this one. So we'll on our study class, we're going to be studying happiness. And then in our practice class next week, we're going to teach you how to cultivate happiness. Um, I'd like everybody to remember that I'm just a click away for any help or support. And again, please take advantage of our WhatsApp group. Um, and lastly, although our program is free, our group does rely on donations to continue its work. So if you're enjoying the program and you'd like to see it uh, remain available towards others, please consider making a donation at our website, sbtonline.org. And so with that said, why don't we end today's teachings with our altruistic affirmation? Hold on, Tarpa. We've got two people asking for the last slide to be popped back up. Oh, great. Thank you, Chucky. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll post this as well. And then each week I'll post another slide just for that week's practice. So don't worry. We, we make the whole thing real easy for everybody. Okay, I can take it down now. Do I have your permission, Chucky? <laughs> okay, good. Anybody has any last questions? Does it sound doable? Thumbs up? Oh, yeah. Oh, you guys are confident. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll share all the slide material I post at the end of every class. So, oh, Jen has a th thumbs up. Rinchen does. Okay, good. So with that said, let's end with our altruistic affirmation. May all be healthy. May all be prosperous. May all be well. May all be present, free of past regret and future worry. May all abide in constant appreciation, which is a source of great joy and contentment. May all realize their true nature and the true nature of reality, which is awakening. Thanks, everybody, for coming. Remember that the SBT community was created for one purpose, to support you, the practitioner. Please let us know if there's anything we can do to help you on your path to awakening. Bye-bye, everybody. See you tomorrow's meditation. Or today's meditation. We have a couple more today. I just want Sangmo and Sang Pose. How, how, I want to be able to do that. <laughs> you have to keep practicing, dear. Uh and then yo, that's the thing, that, yeah. Then that's I'll... lesson. That's lesson four in skillful living. <laughs> Step before the weekend. They've well... meditated a lot. <laughs> Sell your salty apple. <laughs> <laughs> bye, bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. You're welcome.